Good afternoon, LSA. Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody's good. Uh, amazing that uh, we came in this building in September, I think it was. Uh, it's been a couple of months. This is the last Sunday of 2022 in this building. We'll resume on the 8th as per the announcement. But um, yeah, it's been great to be back in, inside of the campus and uh, not because we registered for any academic cause or I suppose we come here to worship God. And um, today we do have um, a different kind of flow because we have the, the LSA worship team telling, giving their testimony, uh, you know, about what God has done within the space in 2022. How many of us are looking forward to hear, to hear that? And my job is to, within the next few minutes, just to give a, uh, set, the, set the stage, just to frame us. Uh, and, and define a context within which we receive, we receive that, uh, that testimony. We've been looking forward to this Sunday, and this Sunday is here. So we're not here what, what God has been doing inside of the worship team space. Uh, it adds to our story, and I think it's going to be beautiful. So, yeah, I just, I'm just here to really set the stage, and then uh, Keegs is going to come just to give us a sense of how we're flowing here. Keegs is going to come after me just to give us some background to to 2022, to, you know, to all the stuff that God has done this year. Just some background is going to be good for us, some context. And then we're going to have the, the, the team come to present their testimony. Uh, we'll start with the, the, the older dimension of the team. <laughs> Let's call it the older dimension. Old people sounds, doesn't sound good. That's older dimension. Old people, the... All that dimension. <laughs> so we'll have the, the old guys come and present their story. And after that, we're going to have the, the young guys, the, the youth within the team come to present their story. And that's how basically we're flowing. Um, and so, and so um, yeah, so let's set the stage. Let's begin by setting the stage. Because we just want to frame ourselves uh, as we receive this testimony. The big question is answering the question, why? There has always been, there must always be a, a, a why that we attach to everything that we do, right? Uh, you know, church sometimes can be guilty of just doing things because we want to feel good, uh, because it makes us feel good. There must always be the why. Why are we doing this? We're doing this because um, we are wanting to create a picture of God's work in us and among us in 2022. And we could not tell the story without the worship team also telling their story. It was a critical part of what the church, this church is about. Um, I'm going to just read script, two scriptures for us uh, that, that highlight the significance of the worship team in any church and in this church uh, and why we then need to hear the story of what God has done amongst the team and within the team and how that adds to our own journey. You could not tell the story of 2022 without also hearing what God has been doing within the worship team. Just like we need to actually hear what God has been doing among us to different people, all those kind of things. A community, a church community is made up of different components. And so, and so that's really answering the question or answering the why, which is very, very important uh, in running a church. Always answer the question, why? Look at your neighbor and say, always answer the question, why? Yeah, you must always answer the why when you do life. It's not just a church thing when you do life. Always answer the question, why? Why? The why brings the element of purpose, of significance in whatever that we're doing. So we are giving the testimony because the worship team is a critical part of this church. I want to read two scriptures for us uh, just around that. 
Uh, the first is Chronicles, first Chronicles chapter 25, verses 1 to 8. Uh, well, verses 1 to, to, yeah, verses 1 to 8. Uh, I think in my view, um, we've read the scripture from time to time. I think this, this scripture for me is the constitution behind forming a worship team in any church. Not just in this church, in any church, actually. Um, it's a beautiful scripture, First Chronicles chapter 25, verses 1 to, to 8. It's about David setting up a worship team inside of his own uh, tent. You've got to love David. It begins by saying, I'm, uh, I've highlighted certain things. I'm not going to speak about all things because the point of this is not to teach. It's just to highlight some principles. David, in verse 1, First Chronicles chapter 25, verses 1 to 8, David, together with the commanders of the army, set apart some of the sons of Asaph, of Haman, and Jedudim for the ministry of prophesying accompanied by harps, lyres, and cymbals. Here is the list of the men who performed this service. In verse 2, from the sons of Asaph, then they mentioned Zaku, Joseph, Nathanian, Asenaria. Uh, um, uh, the sons of Asaph were under the supervision of Asaph. I love that. And that's going to be the constant theme inside of this um, uh, uh, um, uh, inside of the scripture. So from the sons of Asaph, Zaku, Joseph, Nathaniah, and uh, Asarela, sorry, Asarela, the sons of Asaph were under the supervision of Asaph who prophesied under the king's supervision. Then it says in verse 3, as of Jedutum, from his sons, they were told his, their names, six in all, under the supervision of their father, Jedutum, who prophesied using the harp in thanking and praising the Lord. You're already getting a sense of order here, a sense of flow. In verse 4, as for Haman, from his sons, they are mentioned. And it says in verse 5, all these were sons of Haman, the king's seer. They were given him through the promises of God. I love that. They were given him through the promises of God to exalt him. God gave Haman 14 sons and three daughters. And then it says in verse 6, all these men were under the supervision of their fathers for the music. Quite a thing because you don't quite get that often in music. Nobody wants to be under supervision in music. You know, they were under the supervision of their fathers for the music of the temple of the Lord. Not just music, but for the music of the temple of the Lord with cymbals, uh, lyrics, and, 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 and harps, and for the ministry of the house of God. Asaph, Judahim, and Haman were under the supervision of the king. So there's a sense of ranking here. There's a sense of flow. And it says, along with their relatives, all of them, it says, trained and skilled in music for the Lord. Not just in any kind of music, but trained and skilled. And I'm sure the, the worship team, as we read this, they already can identify with certain things here trained and skilled in music for the Lord. They number 288, young and old alike. I like that, the intergenerational flow amongst this team, young and old. And sometimes, you know, in churches, there's this idea that worship is for the young people. And you can get these young people with torn jeans and all the, you know. I, that's why I also like to wear my torn jeans because I want to be part of that company. But actually, it says young and old. And part of what we embrace inside of LSA as a philosopher ministry is age-appropriate type leading and flow. Uh, it's, like, it's like the way kids lead music 
will be different from how Kiara leads, will be, will be different from how Dumo leads. It's, there is the age, there is no age that is now excluded. It's not like as people grow old, they are now excluded from worship and from worship team ministry. Very important. Young and old alike, teachers as well as students. So those who have been trained alongside those who are training them, we are participating, cast lots for their duties. What that means basically is, 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 is what we've been implementing, having, having uh, tents. Like they just noticed that uh, uh, Mr. Trele was not behind his guitar earlier. He, was, he said, I love this today, just relaxing. And he, you know, he was relaxed. And, and, so, um, and so they were taking their tents, and that's a beautiful scripture. And basically I want to highlight, uh, as we set the stage, it says they were serving under supervision, the other translation says, under the hand of. Actually, that word supervision is a word literally. In the Hebrew, it literally means the hand. Under the hand of. It means it gives the idea of authority, directive, vision, guidance, and covering. So they're functioning. And of course, sometimes church can be guilty of worship teams just doing their thing and showing up on Sunday. And there's no coordination. There's no flow. They were serving under the supervision, under the hand of. Under the authority, the direction, the vision, the guidance, and the covering of, of leadership. Then it, it, it mentions the, the ranking order, and that reminds us of Psalm 133, under the supervision. So David, who is like a picture of a pastor in this church, has these three men, Asaph and, and all the other, and the other two guys, who are serving under the supervision of David, in turn, these three men have their sons under their own supervision. The implication is that worship ministry flows from God and through the calling and grace of the primary pastoral leader and the primary pastoral leadership, which would be eldership. And so um, we don't subscribe in the idea of eldership is not you know, concerned about how worship is going to be flowing this coming Sunday. Uh, it, the, the Bible teaches us that actually things have to flow from the primary pastoral leadership through the eldership, um, uh, in terms of shaping the flow and the character of worship. So worship flows, flows through the primary leadership of a church. And that primary leadership is really basically vision, doctrine, philosophy of ministry. And so you hear like a song like Your Praise, which comes out of a particular teaching, which then as this church would associate with, because there's doctrine that is the, orig that is the origins of a song. And in the same way, you see that when Asaph writes songs and when David writes songs, you can't tell which psalm and whose psalm you're reading. Right? You can't say, uh, this is not quite, you don't know whether it's David or Asaph. It's actually the same thing. They were functioning. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's a very, very important thing. So we don't want a hired hand. You know, churches are guilty of getting a musical director as a hired hand. And he comes with his skill and he vanishes. And there's just no coordination. There's no flow. And that's important. The second scripture I want to read for us is 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. I'm just going to read for the sake of time, verses 12 and 15. This is the time when Elisha is consulted by uh, uh, kings. Uh, they want to hear a word from God. And Elisha calls for the musician. Uh, and that tells us of the significance of a worship team in a church. And says, in, if we read that scripture in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 12, Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him, meaning Elisha. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. 
when they talked to Elisha the prophet. He was a hectic guy, this prophet. And then he says in verse 15, Elisha is speaking. He says, bring me a harpist. Bring me a harpist. Bring me a Kiara. Bring me a Dumo. Bring me a Malusi. Bring me a Jose. Bring me a harpist. Um, another translation says, bring me a musician. Another translation says, bring me a minstrel. While the harpist was playing, now what you have to notice that this was not rehearsed. I think we saw the CPI flow last Tuesday. Uh, and how Kiggs asked uh, Kiara and Dumo uh, to, to provide interlude for us. It was not rehearsed there. And, but there's a sense of appropriateness, of relevance in how they did it. While the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. While the harpist was praying, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Part of the training of, of the worship teams is to teach them to flow during ministration times. And this is very, very important. And he said, this is what the Lord says. So, and, and that word, bring me a harpist, as a verb. A harpist means to beat a tune with the fingers, to create a melody before the Lord. And that melody will be critical for Elisha to hear from God and deliver a word to the kings. Very, very significant. So um, uh, uh, the significant thing here is that in this story, it was not what was important. It was not the musician and his gift. It wasn't even the prophet and his gift, but it was the activation of the voice of God. And the question that we always ask amongst the eldership is, did we get the job done this Sunday? Um, and so we talk of Sunday is a place of interface. It is a portal. Did we get the job done? You know, and again, church is guilty of we just sing the songs because they make us happy. You know, uh, we're just creating a, a joyful, you know, atmosphere. The question is, did we get the job done? This is a, an interface. When you and I leave this place, we must have interacted with God. And if we don't, it mustn't be because of eldership or worship team. It must be because we were maybe careless and we were not. So worship team works very closely with spiritual leadership. We have the musician working alongside the, 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 the prophet Elisha. You know, how does that musician know what to play when Elijah is not rehearsed? This is like in the moment. So the, in other words, the musician must be as prophetic as the prophet himself. That's what this means. And Worship ministry in this church over the years, just to about we were not all, we, all you know, there in July 20, 2001 when we planted this church. Man, there were always issues around musicians. Any pastor will know this. Uh, musicians can be a headache sometimes, but not these musicians, not these. You know, whether guys show up or don't show up, you know, it, it was always trouble. And, and uh, you know, it got to a point where, you know, the parents will know that I always would en encourage your parents to get your kids trained in music. Don't you thank God for that? To, to learn an instrument. And uh, the same applies to the Stembisos and, and, and the Joshua's and the Timothy's. Uh, the kids must. I wish I learned an instrument growing up. Um, because it's, it's difficult, it's complicated when you're old, unless you have an injury like Tommy, and then you get to... <laughs> That's, that's, the, that's, that's Tammy's God. I don't know if I want that God, you know, who, who shuts you down and looks you down for what, four months or something like that? <laughs> um, um, and so we've done worship. Prayer has always been instrumental in this church, very key. We've had moments where we've had facilitated worship. 
Uh, we've had times where we played tracks, you know, as we worship God, musical tracks. Uh, you know, we call it facilitated worship. These are facilitators of worship because actually we're all worshipers. Um, and, then, and then there was a time when Kiggs and Kiara started again, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, we've always had this journey. And it's beautiful that we have a team now that's formed. I think this is my last slide. The philosophy of ministry. Worship and the philosophy of ministry. We always must answer the question, the what, the how, the why, and the when of ministry. And I find that sometimes church is guilty of not answering these questions. What we do, how we do it, why we do it, and when do we do it. And, and obviously, then that's answering the question around the philosophy of ministry. And partly for the team, constituting the team here, we emphasize for the worship team members that personal salvation is more important than your, than your gift. Yeah? Personal salvation is more important than your gift. Commitment to church is more important than the needs of the church. And what happens with churches is that we also have a need for the bassist. We have a need for a keyboardist. Um, we turn a blind eye on issues. And that becomes a problem. Team is more important than the individual. And the way we approach worship is like we've said, I said earlier, we describe Sunday as a, a, an interface and a portal. And what that basically means is that Sunday is a place where God meets his people and where people meet God. The pastor, the preacher, the speaker, the teacher, including the worship team, cannot hinder God from meeting his people. And sometimes, sadly, even worship teams can hinder God from meeting his people. And that becomes a problem. So Sunday is an interface and Sunday is a, is a portal. Uh, and we emphasize that worship must be devotional and not just running through songs. It must be devotional. We also emphasize that worship must be congregational. And what <laughs> this means is during practice, always throw this. Remember that the congregation is the most important member of the worship team. And that basically means we can't do things here that are so skillfully complicated that the people on the floor can't worship God. Uh, and so songs, choice of songs, and the way those songs are done, all of those things are, it's not a rendition, it's not a performance. It's, it's meant to stay up congregational worship. God wants to hear the voices of people. He wants to hear the sound of their hearts. He doesn't just want to hear some gifted person here. And people here need to be gifted to facilitate worship, but actually worship must be congregational. And so you're always considered during worship team practices. So that's it. That's me setting the stage. Um, uh, next in line is uh, Mr. Keegan Pile himself. He's going to come and tell us about the background leading to. We are really telling the story of God in 2022, but there's a background to that. And Kik is going to come and tell us what that background is. And then we're going to have the teams come to tell the story. Is this good? Yeah. Okay. 